Hey there, and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. My name is Aaron Santamayer, and I'm going to be your host. I want to thank you for continuing to listen in. But before we jump into the interview and the podcast today, I want to share some exciting news with you in case you haven't heard. The book I have written entitled A Caring Life, How Each of Us Can Change the Trajectory of an Uncaring World, will launch on September 26th and will be available on Amazon. The book is filled with stories of life and service in Africa and lessons I've learned about caring, and it gives us opportunities to examine our life as we care for others and how we can impact this world um, through caring. You want to pick it up on September 26th? Well, let's jump into the podcast. Hey there, and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name is Aaron Santamire, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we have the phenomenal opportunity to sit down with a new friend of the podcast, Tim Austin. Tim is a life and leadership coach, and we have a great discussion about transition and the the importance of remaining resilient um, through life transitions. Um, We specifically talk about some of his transitions he made as he was a global worker, uh, moving from different countries, and then some of the things that he's 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 learned and walked through um, with his family. Um, we talk about um, moving towards resilience um, from disruption to reflection, learning, and then action. And then how we all walk through those paths a little differently and, um, and the importance of disruptors in transition and having those people in our lives that can be those disruptors disruptors and help us walk walk paths of transition uh, just a valuable conversation for anybody that goes through life transitions this this conversation with Tim is gold and I really appreciated sitting down with him and learning from him do want to ask you to continue to send it your questions for back channel with Foth that's where we sit down with Dick Foth and go through listeners questions and curate those questions and then uh, yeah just a, always a phenomenal time to learn from Dick and um, do want to ask you to continue to subscribe to the podcast I know that the podcast I subscribe to or the one I listen to, at least they're the ones that come in on Monday morning, and uh, I know what I'm listening to um, throughout the week. So, well, there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. Greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. So excited to have a new friend with us today, Tim Austin. Tim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Aaron. Really, really good to be with you. Tim, could you take a few minutes to just share a little bit about yourself for, I know that um, Amy Young connected us through Global Trellis, but for those who are not connected with Global Trellis, uh, maybe you could just share a little bit about yourself before we jump into some of the questions today. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, we, uh, we go back in in terms of our work with as global workers, we go back for about, uh, let's see if I want to put a year onto it. (laughs) 1996 was the, uh, Thanksgiving day was the day my wife and I landed with our, uh, had one daughter at that time, a one-year-old daughter in, uh, central Asia. And, uh, we were AG AG workers there for about 16 years total. And then we uh, spent a few years after that in uh, the country of Turkey. Mm -hmm. And uh, then uh, we moved to the States about six years ago, continuing to uh, support global workers, but uh, from this side of the pond and uh, but just have a passion for uh, coming alongside global workers to uh, help them walk through uh, challenging transitions. And we all know those can be challenging, difficult ones. uh, uh, whether that's career uh, 
ministry transitions, family transitions. Um, my wife's a marriage family therapist, so she has kind of her space yeah. and where she works with folks. And then I'm as a, as a life and leadership coach kind of come alongside people in a different way. Yeah, for sure. What was one of the things that you enjoyed about living either Tur- Turkey or Central Asia? You can pick, or you can tell us what, what something you liked about living in both places. It's up to you. Yeah. Um, well, transitioning from uh, Tajikistan, where we were, into Turkey was a huge, huge uh, shift. Uh, be- culturally, uh, a, lot of, a lot of shock there, just yeah. going from a pretty undeveloped country. Um, when we first arrived in Tajikistan, it was, it was going through civil war, uh, there a lot of upheaval. Um, and then we, you know, so we spent all those years there, uh, acculturating, just getting used to that simple, a little more simple lifestyle. I think that would be probably one of the main things I enjoyed about my time in Central Asia is just the, just the greater degree of simplicity life, hmm. you know, life, um, revolves around, um, family revolves around relationships and uh long conversations uh with some with some tea with some friends you know and and just just the hospitality uh there in that that part of the world amazing uh istanbul turkey is a little bit for a a little more bustling and active (laughs) and i was surprised to find and i know this is a generalization but at least in where we lived in istanbul it was hard to break in to to connect with people and relationships they were very busy uh in the neighborhood the the place where we lived in istanbul just um worked long hours and so yeah it was hard to connect with people Very cool. Well, I love Turkish food, but I've never lived, never oh, been yeah. to Turkey or never, um, uh, never been there. But man, yeah, I, I definitely love the food. So today we're going to just have a, a discussion and learn, learning from you about the importance of developing resiliency through transitions. And um, can you just share some reasons resiliency is vital and, and, and yeah, maybe a definition on how you find, define resiliency? Sure, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, simply put, I just like to define resiliency at, resiliency as the ability to bounce back from from lo- what life throws at us, hmm. uh, challenging, difficult situations, transitions hmm. um, that are hard. So really, um, I mean, uh, that involves a lot of things, uh, adapting, not only leaving behind uh something and grieving well and celebrating the wins and processing and reflecting on what the meaning of all of that and what God has done, but also entering into the new, to the, to the new and creating partnering with God to create new in the next season. So all of that is, is really from my, the lens of transition that I look, that I look at in, in terms of resiliency, that's a big part of it. Um, resilience is where, uh, well, resilience muscles are, are, are tested (laughs) in transition. I mean, if there's any place where resilience, your resilience muscles will be tested, it's in transition and they will be developed or, or kind of not developed if we don't, if, if we don't engage the transition well. So, um, I always like to think of resilience also as involving movement, um, Hmm. There's direction and movement. So uh, for me, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram at all, but as a nine on the Enneagram, I I get stuck in paralysis or overthinking in a situation. 
And uh, what I've had to learn to do in transition is really take the first step. What is that? What? Because in movement, there's direction. And so for me, resilience means movement. Now, not for everybody. Sometimes we just, we want to blaze a trail and yeah. resilience might mean holding ourselves back, right? Sure. Uh, and processing and engaging more in that, in that, uh, in a season of, of reflection and learning. Yeah. yeah. So what I hear you saying is maybe uh, a husband and wife or wife and a husband, they might have approached resiliency differently. Would that, would that be correct? If they, if they have a different personality style or per, the way they approach it? Yeah. Could you, is that, would that be a correct assumption? For sure. Yeah. I, I, I think that, you know, just, just an awareness of that as couples navigate transitions, if we have kids, how they are navigating transitions and how they process all of that, um, we can approach it very differently. My wife and I approach it very differently. Um, just on the, at the grief level, grieving loss, uh, which is a big part of uh, transition and uh, being resilient in transition, it's, uh, she's more of a pre griever, you would say, you know, she's, she's intentionally actually, you know, grieving um, the loss of those relationships uh, by, by being intentional around connecting with the people she's leaving behind saying her goodbyes and all that. And I'm more, if I don't, if I'm not careful, uh, just let's get on to the next thing. And then I grieve later and wish I would have had, you know, griefs grieved well, before. So, um, yeah, I think that being aware of that and that opens up some good conversations for couples. Um, Sure. I feel like I'm being left in the dust here. What's (laughs) going on? You know, it's, uh, you're way ahead of me here. Let's, let's, let's step back and have these conversations so we can get on the same page. That's good. That's good. You shared a little bit about your story, um, transitioning from one country um, to another. And um, if I think if I heard you correctly, there was war going on and, and so that kind of leads me to my next uh, question, forced versus unforced transitions. Um, how do they look alike and, and are there differences um, or do they impact us basically the same just because they're transition? Yes, I think both and. Um, okay. I think there's, there's, on, there's some similarity both between uh, forced and unforced or intentional transitions uh, both can be hard. Hmm. Uh, we know when, you know, we saw, we saw, you know, we've seen if you've, and I'm sure you have seen as a global worker, seen um, these rug pulled out transitions, visas being denied, unrest in countries and uh, political and social unrest and upheaval and all of that, which re- requires um, oftentimes a really quick pivot or, or, um, a change. And so, uh, in a lot of ways it can be, they can both be hard. Uh, even when I'm making an intentional, uh, choice in, in, in that sometimes that intentional unforced transition has been brought about by a little nudge, hmm. you know, of, uh, you know, something has come up, a door has closed. Um, um, uh, the direction has shifted in a, in a, in an area of service and leadership has said it's, we're going this direction and maybe um, that that's not the direction I've been going, you know? So we have some of these, some of these uh, forced um, things, or at least they're, they force us to look at 
what could be possible in this next season. So I think there's a lot of similarities. Um, they both can be purposeful. Um, mm. They should be purposeful if it's a little bit trickier to get into a purposeful mindset when, when the rug's <laughs> been pulled out from yeah. under us. Yeah. Um, uh, they, so they can be a blend. I, I was thinking of um, when I was a boy, I used to love to catch lizards in my little hometown in Northern California. There's all these lizards. And when you would uh, catch them, sometimes they would uh, voluntarily um, eject their tail. They would lose hmm. their tail, hmm. you know, and sometimes a forced transition feels like that. And then yeah. I would love to watch these lizards lose their tails because then <laughs> they would be the tw- the tail would be there squirming around on the ground, yeah. you know, and the lizard would be kind of squirming off, but he couldn't move quite right, you know, yeah. but he, he did move. But yeah. uh, so I like to think of, yeah, when I first, uh, when we just made a decision, this was a big transition. It was intentional. It was uh, a blend of, uh, we felt doors were closing, but also a new season. God had something new for us. This is why we were in Turkey. Um, when I made, when, when my wife and I made that, you know, sent that final email, you know, saying, this yeah. is the plan. This is what yeah. we're doing to our leadership. And uh, this is why, and, and all of that. And, clicked send. I, I told my wife, I said, man, this feels like I just lost, you know, I just, uh, severed my left leg or something. I'm wow. like walking around wow. here limping, you know, like wow. that lizard, you know? yeah. but, um, so, so, but that, you know, that was, that was a blend, like I said, of, of kind of forced, forced yet, yet not the nudge to, to get, get us processing and thinking about what could be what 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 is the new that God has for us? Yeah, it's good. I think one of the challenges I've had when you know we've evacuated um, at least once, and um, once my mind goes towards transition, and then um, and then the possibility that we don't have to transition comes up. It's like I've already went there. You know, I've already went there. Hey, we're going to transition, and then kind of not pulling myself back, but making that mind shift that actually this isn't forced. Um, you know, this isn't forced anymore. And where am I at? And so once I get further down the road, it's hard for me to come back and really be objective, I guess, is what I'm trying to say in those transitions and in that process. And just something that I've learned about myself along the way. So once I, I get there, it's hard to pull me back from uh, make making it a forced or unforced thing. So so um, one thing I found really interesting, many things I found interesting, but one that really jumped out to me was the path towards resiliency. And um, you talk about a few different things, disruption, reflection, learning, and action. Um, is this, could you discuss a little bit about the path? And then is this a path maybe that everybody walks the same way or is it differently or they go to one or the other, or is it sequential or not unsequential? Yeah. Anyway, if you just would talk about that, I think it'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the path toward resiliency and which I believe is also a path that we often follow in one shape or form in transition seasons um, is yeah. Start with starting with disruption. That's pretty, that could be pretty obvious sometimes. Um, uh, You know, like we mentioned something external, an external circumstance, something's going on around us that it forces a, a change. Um, Sometimes those disruptions are are internal, hmm. and I I think that uh, just in my example for me before I actually started processing talking about an, a real change I was I was 
sitting on this for a while and, and yeah. something was shifting internally. Um, some values were even shifting. So, and I had to revisit um, what was important to me in that season hmm. and what had been important to me and what was now somehow felt being misaligned values, yeah. which were being misaligned and which um, uh, that was a disruptor in itself. You know how, sure. when you're like, you're like something's not, it doesn't feel like a good fit here. Yeah. Um, so I would really sit on that for a while and process that. So disruption can be internal, can be external, um, but it it's a trigger to, to get us to oftentimes it's an invitation hmm. to reflect. Hmm. It's an invitation to engage a process. Uh, I, I believe with God in partnership with God. Um, and that process may not always lead to, to a actual change. Yeah. I've, I've, I've worked with a lot of folks who felt that they were in a transition that could lead to a big, you know, geographical move or right. big ministry or career shift. And when they began to follow that disruption into reflection, uh, and, and as a result, begin to learn some things about themselves um, hmm. and about the situation, became more aware. Uh, they haven't, al- it, it hasn't always been, well, led to a big shift, a change. Okay. So, um, but it's led to some kind of action. And I think that that action can be just realigning ourselves sometimes with what's important. I've drifted hmm. um, from, from what's important to me or, prioritize prior I've prioritized this over this and I want to get back to that. So um, I think, yeah, just that process of, of which often happens in transition seasons, uh, uh, you know, something happens, something triggers uh, some time. And then, but like you said, we want to off, we are some of time, sometimes our default response is just want to jump forward to get across that, uh, raging river of transition to the other side where the, where we think maybe the grass is greener or things will be better. And yet we don't engage the process. And I think miss out on a lot of growth opportunities For sure. um, to really understand God and ourselves better um, and get clarity on, on what's next. So For I don't sure. know if that, no, yeah. that helps a ton, you know, and I think for me wanting to get through it's because it, the anxiety it provokes within me. So that transition part, that transition time, it's just easier to get there um, because honestly, I'm less anxious once I get there versus kind of walking through these, these different stages, reflection, learning, and then, yeah, it just, it can be challenged. So do you have any, so when we look at those disruption, reflection, learning, action, is that something that happens naturally or is that something that we need to be intentional about? Uh, Yeah. Maybe some guidance on that. Yeah, so I I think the the reflection the ref, the reflection and the learning have to be intentional, hmm. um, because we're we're not usually we're not usually just naturally want we don't naturally just kind of want to go there into that yeah. space of of. Um, which seems like it seems like non-movement, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was when we had returned to the States after a long season of of life and ministry overseas, and I was um 
looking for the next thing. And I was knocking on lots of doors. I was putting out some resumes and um, making phone calls and looking for that next thing. And I was getting really frustrated because things, doors weren't opening and Hmm. opportunities weren't coming up. And um, I was um, talking to a trusted friend and, and colleague who I was confiding in. And he, he said to me, which really, um, which really was impactful at that time. He said, how, since, uh, what did he say? He said, uh, how long has it been since you just stopped to breathe? Hmm. <laughs> and man, that hit me. Like, I really haven't paused here. I hit hmm. the ground running and I started. So I was doing exactly what I'm I'm telling people now, don't do that (laughs) Um, because I was just, I hit the ground running and I, and there was pressure on me. I felt the pressure. Like I've got to put food on the table, got to provide for my family, those kinds of things, which were important. But I also wasn't putting God in his, in his proper place and the rightful place that he, he has as my provider, my shepherd, um, who is going to take care of my needs and, um, and gave me the gift of, or invited me into um, a month or two of of pausing and stepping back rather than trying to blaze a trail. So, um, so, so the disruptor there was just that person yeah. <laughs> who said to me, you know, so it can be a simple, you know, a trusted friend, mentor, a coach, a counselor, uh, a spouse who might yeah. say, you know, if we're open to to the words uh, and encouragement and affirmation and challenging questions that other, that others might put before us in those seasons that can be really help us walk a path, the path of transition toward yeah. a, a resilient yeah. in a resilient way. Um, so those, what if questions, um, uh, that was another question that was put yeah. before me, something like what if this season of transition was designed specifically by God for your growth? Wow. wow, that hit me. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, it doesn't look <laughs> that way. But what if, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, Tim, how did you not become defensive? Uh, at least for me, I think it'd be natural when you have these disruptors to be become defensive or because when I go through transition, I know emotionally I'm not the most like stable, if that makes sense. So my emotions are like this. And so when a disruptor would would make a well-meaning love for you, they make a comment. How did you within yourself not become defensive and push back on that, but rather be reflective and hear what they had to say and take it to heart? Does, does that, is that a fair question? Yeah, that's a very fair question. I, I, I think we have to be, and I think you're getting to the point of really, we, we have to at some point be, be open hmm. to, to these disruptors. Um, and those voices for me are change in different seasons of transition. So, um, on the heels of transition, there may be things that I'm much more open to talking to with my, with my life coach or my counselor than I am. I might receive that what, um, in a more gracious way than I would maybe with my spouse at that time. Um, so I think we do have to discern who those individuals are. Um, that are put there for that time and that moment, that season. Um, but ultimately, um, that's, that's, you know, when we, when we come to, uh, when we come to places of uncertainty, which transition puts us in, we, we, we 
we feel like everything is, you know, this, the ground is not solid beneath us. It's shaky. The foundation is loose, but we want to present this, this picture of, you know, I've got it together or I'm just, you know, I'm just in a, I'm just in a, a season. This is temporary and I'm moving on here. Um, and yet, if we're really honest with ourselves, right, we're, yeah. we need, we need disruptors. We need people who graciously and lovingly challenge, challenge us. So I, um, not, not easy, um, prayerfully, uh, humbly accept, <laughs> accepting some of those, yeah. um, requesting those. Yeah. Um, but I think reaching out to me was the biggest piece. Again, going back to my personality, yeah. uh, I had to reach out or I would just withdraw into isolation yeah. and, um, and not get the those disruptors For that sure. I needed yeah. to really help me process. So I had to admit that. Yeah, um, good I word. Encourage those I work with to uh, what? Well, who are, who's you're on your transition team is yeah. what I you know I try wow. to encourage people. Who, who can you bring into your transition team? Yeah, uh, who are some people you can invite into that space? That's good. That's good. You know, my, my father, he was a railroader, worked at the railroad for 43 years. And um, when he retired he, after 43 years, they told him, don't make any decisions or don't jump into any any activities for the first year. You need to you need to take that first year and, uh, you know, I mean, just learn about retirement, but not to jump in. And that kind of leads me to my the second the next question about jumping in and getting into action um, after a, tran- a big transition or any transition. We just want to get we make decisions. We want to move on. But, so what are some of the dangers? We've kind of hit on a little bit, but I just wanted to return to it. I think it's a vital, a vital point. Yeah, well, uh, some of the dangers are we again missed opportunities for reflection and learning and growth. And hmm. um I I I sound like a broken record a lot of times when I say that because it's just but it's it's so true. I think a lot of times we miss we, we can we can push through um hmm. and, and and actually even possibly reach the destination we were gonna be at it in in the first place yeah and reach that place and yet how we engage the process um (laughs) to where we've really we're really coming into that next thing in a way that is um more confident uh more equipped maybe yeah Uh, yeah so because there can be a season of retooling as well um especially big transitions yeah even retirement um yeah, you're, you know, if, if you're really looking at, okay, what could be my next thing? So, um, yeah, I think some of the dangers are again, leaping in, moving in too fast, but, uh, you know, some of the ones that are harder to gauge, but, but are important are that inward peace, um, that God gives, uh, that feeling of, um, you know, like I'm, the pressure's off. It doesn't feel forced. Okay. Um, that, that to me is a good sign that, okay, you're being invited into this new thing rather than feeling like I have to, hmm. I, maybe it's more of, I get to, I'm being invited into this. Um, yeah. uh, so, so for me, those are some, tr- those are some signs that maybe I'm on, on the, the right path of discerning what's next. And, and then maybe the, that those are some signs. Okay. I can take the next step, move into action, at least get, 
move into action on the next step and then what what can be you know and then what's next after that well i might have to step back and and to discern that as well but yeah yeah so as a coach coaches ask ask very good questions and so um are there questions that say I'm not going through a transition, but if I was, were there, were there questions that you would maybe ask me to see if I'm ready or there markers that, Hey, Aaron's ready to jump into action. Um, maybe, I don't know if there's a question or two that you think of that you, when you coach people through these transitions, inner peace, I think was one you, you highlighted. Um, but is there other questions maybe you would ask to help, help somebody discover whether they're, they're ready to move into, into the action phase questions. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, I think getting, getting folks to just kind of reflect on where they're at. So um, what, what has been, what has been, you know, if I'm meeting with someone regularly, what, what, have, what have been some highlights, what have been some challenges this past week or this past month that have, what, what have been some reflection points for you? Hmm. What are you, um, what's what sources of strength and wisdom are you drawing from lately? Hmm. Where are you getting your, um, where you, where are you getting your, um, your energy, you know, to go on and to, um, so some of the questions seem a little bit, I like to, I like to, you know, present open questions so that there's, there's opportunity and space for reflection so it's really inviting folks into that um, to know. And then maybe if they're getting close to, to a, a start, you know, of something new or getting, getting ready to jump into something new or to take action, um, there would be more goal setting around that. Certainly. Okay. Um, okay. How can we, what do you want, you know, what's your desired outcome and what do you want to see happen and by when, what are some milestones, mile markers, okay um, that help, that can help you measure progress along the way. And then let's revisit those. That's good. Um, from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So one of the other things that is, uh, you know, as a parent, so I have people in the podcast are probably sick and tired of me talking about it, but my daughter's transitioning to, to university back to the United States. And, um, you know, it's a big, time of transition in the Santa Maria household. Um, so how do we help uh, our children walk through life transitions and developing resilience, um, resiliency rather than a bitterness? Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and when it, yeah, it does make sense, especially for third culture kids, um, growing up overseas and going back to their home passport countries, and that's a huge transition for them. And I actually um, interviewed all three of my kids on my podcast. Okay. And I thought it was very enlightening um, to hear their stories. So that could be a, a way for listeners to kind of sure. get a grasp we'll, on maybe. We'll, we'll put what links are, to those. Yeah. What are TCK saying? Um, yeah. What are what are some of the things they, ch- they struggled with in transition? Um, yeah. So some, so... So I think for us having open conversations together and it does, it can be very informal around the dinner table, but uh, especially as we're, you know, as we went through seasons of transitions with our kids, it may have been just going back to our home country for a furlough. It may have been a big transition like um, boarding school or 
um, back to college and back to their home countries to college. So there are different transitions, but I think when we were together, um, what helped was to have these conversations about, um, what, uh, expectations, hmm. what, what, what are some of your expectations? What do you hope to see? Um, what, what are you looking forward to leaving behind here? And that's a hard question for parents to ask because, uh, you know, that's, but what, what are you not going to miss? Yeah. You know, um, that's okay. Yeah. We can, we can, we can deal with that. Um, uh, but what are you going to miss? And what are some, uh, some places to, I think also helping kids through a process of transition that gives some months, some span of time for, for them to, uh, to process that well. So yeah. uh, we would go through the uh, raft exercise. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with the raft. Sure. Yeah. Um, so who people, you know, who, who might be some relationships they want to, um, reconnect with, or even be reconciled with, uh, what are some people, who are some people you want to affirm friendships, mm. people that you want to spend more time with before you leave? Um, yeah. So how do we say our goodbyes? Well, just yeah. help coaching them through that very simple um, process of, of leaving well and um, was helpful. And again, these were just some, you know, conversations around the dinner time, sure. dinner table most of the time, but sure. But they were helpful. Um they didn't always turn out, you know, they, they didn't always realize what they were going to, what they were going to kind of land into. And some of the things that they, their expectation, again, going back to expectations, expectations were not always met. And so we dealt with a lot of disappointment on the other side and had some of those phone calls with our kids from across the pond. And that's hard because you want to be there to embrace them and hug them and, and they're calling and, and crying over. Yeah yeah, they miss home. They miss, uh, their, their, uh, kids are, you know, not making friends or whatever it might be, but yeah. So, um, but just being there for them for sure. And, uh, debriefing in a way that's not, I'm your counselor, but I'm, I'm your, and they may need, and that may be something that we could point them to counseling or coaching, um, in, uh, when they are, going through those struggles and they need someone besides a parent to, to, to process with. So, um, we, we also did that with our kids and connected them with people that they could, they could, um, you know, professionals that they could work with as well. So, so when you interviewed your children, this be my last question for you, you interviewed your children. Was there anything that surprised you in the interviews when they, when they talked about Uh, the transition or. Yeah. Um, What really surprised me, Aaron, is I kind of think about all of them. They all had difficult and challenging times as TCKs. That's for sure. Hmm. But um, because because we as a family kind of approached it as we're in this together, um, the calling is not just mom and dad um, blazing a trail and we're called by God and and we'll go anywhere, um, you know, and take our kids, you know, with us. And that can have pretty devastating results at times. So Hmm. we tried to approach it where 
it was a, it was a collective. It was a, it was a, we're all in this together kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't always easy. I mean, there, but whenever we would have, for example, when the kids got older, um, it was, it, and we had teams come, we had medical teams come and stuff like that. And they, and our kids knew the language pretty well. So our, our teenage kids, we, we would, we would involve them in translating for the guests or different things like that. And that, that was stood out to me that welcoming them, you know, or inviting them into, um, they weren't just outsiders. They weren't, yeah. they weren't, you know, they were actually part of this. Yeah. yeah. Intricately a part of it. Tim, it has been uh, phenomenal to spend some time with you today. Will you pray for us that God will use this conversation and pray for those that maybe you're in transition, those are getting ready to go through in transition, or yeah, it just is the life we live. It seems like we're in at least some of those phases at all times, but um, that we'll be resilient and um, that God will help us be intentional, specifically about those stages of reflection and learning as you've um, so well highlighted in the, uh, yeah, and, and, and inviting disruptors, disruptors into our life and being open to them and, and not being, um, be defensive when they, when we invite them and they, they share with us. Will you pray for us? I'd love to. Father, thank you for inviting us into your uh, amazing uh, plan and purposes. Lord, thank you for those that are listening today and that will listen to this episode and that will um, be encouraged. Lord, will be challenged, especially pray for those who are walking through seasons of transition, whether that be themselves in life and ministry, um, in the work you've called them to do, and also um, who are walking alongside others in transition and trying to support them well, whether they be friends or colleagues or kids um, transitioning. Pray for uh, wisdom. We pray for clarity. We pray for just a, uh, an intentionality around pausing, uh, really gaining all that you have for us in terms of the learning and the insights and the clarity and and the direction you have for us, Lord. Um, help us to slow down um, uh, those that need to and, and really pause to reflect and process. And those that need to get a move on, um, maybe who are like me more in their personality and need, need that nudge, help us to invite those disruptors to uh, take the first step. Um, give us courage in transition and the willingness to um, go to some of those hard places, those have those hard conversations. And we know that you'll uh, guide us. You've promised to do that. You're a good shepherd, so we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 